When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined with, as always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing great, Michael. Doing great. Oh, it, it, I'm glad to hear that. We'll, we'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> our, our series uh, throughout the offseason, uh, we've had a guest on uh, every week since the season ended, typically breaking down the, the college teams. But uh now uh, the Steelers made a, a couple different moves. I'm um, bringing in a, a couple former Chicago Bears, so it only felt right to bring in uh, someone uh, that is a Chicago Bears expert. So, ladies and gentlemen, Joy uh, Christopoulos, if I got that correctly, um, welcome to the show. Michael, thank you so much. Jeffrey, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me back on. I'm very excited to talk about Mitch Trubisky, provide any <laughs> insights that I can. I will tell you, I think I mentioned last time I was on the show, uh, my wife is a Steelers fan, so shout out to the Carosi Vinciguerra family of the Beaver County area and beyond. And this is a delicious time in the Christopolis household because not only are we bonded by eternal love, but now the Mitch Trubisky story. It's there's no <laughs> there's no way around it now. It's going to be a fun season, and uh, excited to be with you guys. Oh, love that! And it, again, thanks for jumping on tonight. Um, obviously, the most important thing here, uh, talking about uh, this topic alone. Mitch Trubisky, just initial thoughts on on fit. Like I, I know he had struggles at times, success at times with the Bears. Do you think this fit makes sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It does for right now for next year. And I think some of the news is already matriculating out that they might have an open competition. Mitch Trubisky is going to have to earn the job. It's the right way to go about it. 
And what I do like about this is obviously the money isn't prohibitive. You didn't have to burn draft capital on Jimmy Garoppolo, which honestly that draft capital could have been used towards finding a quarterback of the future. And Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mitch Trubisky, look, Jimmy G's better. Mitch isn't that far away. And you got him at a really good deal. You can still go out and draft a rookie quarterback. You can have him compete in camp. Uh, you know, the Trubisky drinking game of he's a really good guy, good leader, drink. Um, so that's you got that going for you a little bit. And of course, we could talk about his flaws if you want to. But I think for right now, I likened it to basically the Pittsburgh Steelers offense from last year, but with legs, with that with athleticism, <laughs> heavy run game right. and, you know, quick passes and uh, with maybe a little bit more athleticism on the edge. All right. How is uh how is Mitchell Trubisky like at downfield throws? Is he is he a? Uh quick pass guy is he a guy who can scramble around and hit some big big throws is he a big play guy what what kind of quarterback is he where's his strength he, I should say. Where is- yeah well when he had uh when he had the most success in 2018 you're gonna see a lot of what they did back then which was screen passes to Rick Cohen pre-snap motion swing passes to a wide receiver get the ball into his hands really quickly try and use the misdirection and really split the field in half not to go in the derogatory direction but there will be stats that will come out about how Trubisky has trouble throwing to his left it's not a Zoolander joke it's real so they cut the field in half they roll him out they make some easy decisions for him so for players like Fryermuth personally you know Trubisky really thrived in 2018 with a guy like Trey Burton with that kind of athleticism I think Fryermuth's gonna actually I think he goes up a tick, in my opinion. They're going to try and feed him the ball a lot. In terms of downfield passing, it can get a little ugly. 20 to 25 yards down the field, it can be pretty tough. And I think that's really where the disconnect started happening with Matt Nagy. And the unanswerable question, which Bears fans are excited about, is we are going to get an answer to whose fault was it? Was it Nagy's fault or was it Trubisky's fault? I'm in the combination category. But now we're going to find out where that pie lies a little bit because I think Mitch at times tried to appease his coach. And sometimes that means a check down pass when there's an open man downfield. So you guys have the weapons. You guys have better weapons than we had previously. So I'm really curious to see if that accuracy has either been matured over time or maybe he's just getting a better position to succeed and hit those passes. Yeah, hey, it's going to be interesting to see his development, especially a year sitting behind Josh Allen. Uh, so I think there still is a lot of question marks uh, surrounding Mitch Trubisky, but people love negatives. What, what were the biggest flaws of his game? Uh, what are some things that uh, we as Steeler fans should kind of watch out for and maybe worry about uh, from our new quarterback? Well, what Steelers fans should watch out for with Bears fans is you're going to hear the classic fact that Mitch Trubisky had the problem and sin of being drafted in the same draft class as Patrick Mahomes. So let's just kind of get that one out of the way. That's the easy one that Bears fans always sort of lean on. When it comes to Mitch, you know, he suffers from what a lot of quarterbacks suffer with. That second, third read. He's not a pocket quarterback. And the problem was Nagy tried to make him that pocket quarterback. And when they actually changed the offense, if you look back to last season, there was a five-game stretch where, granted, we beat up on some inferior opponents. But he had a five-game stretch where he averaged 250 yards per passing a game, had nine touchdowns. You know what I mean? He actually, and we we scored 30 points a game. And that was a run-heavy outfit with a lot of boots, a lot of, you know, a lot of little misdirection here and there made it happen. In terms of the flaws, I mean, he can't get away from the fact that a lot of people are going to say 29 and 21 is a starter. Only seven of those wins have come against plus 500 teams. That's not a great marker. He really struggled against the Rams, really struggled against the Packers. And furthermore, what other, further obscures it is if you look at his touchdown to interception mark, 64 to 38, 
15 of those touchdown passes were in eight games against the Lions. He doesn't play the Lions anymore. That number then goes down to 49 <laughs> and 41 starts, right? So it comes back to earth a little bit. He's not your savior. He does have a tendency to get overwhelmed in games a little bit, but he also has shown some resiliency at times. So for a stopgap, I think if you guys run the offense the right way, this is Najee's offense right now, right? Like this is going to yeah. go through him first and foremost and see who he can connect with down the road. And if you guys draft a rookie, you know, you'll be doing the thing the Bears fans do in October being like, should we start the kid? And you know what I mean? Like, and then you sort of started from there. I'm rooting for Mitch. I, I don't know about 17 games, though. And that's another big flaw. The Bears with Mitchell Trubisky were one of the highest uh, percentages of RPOs and play action passes. They were, I believe they were top 10 in both of them. Uh, is that a strength of his game or was that more the system he ran in? Because that's something big in Matt Canada's offense. Is Mitchell Trubisky going to be a really good fit for an RPO and play action heavy offense? You know, system system like that, he at times in 2018 showed a capability of doing that. Now, Bears fans that watch the game every single snap, like you Steelers are going to watch him every single game. Does he make the right decision on every RPO? He did not. Uh, it led to some problems. It led to some broken plays. It led to some, you know, third and 12s and third and 14s that you don't want to see. Has he matured from that? And can he in the Canada offense, you know, with the Steelers, can he improve upon that, make the job a little bit easier for him? I believe that can happen. That's still something that I think that the jury is very much out on in terms of Mitch Trubisky. You know, when the play does break down, he can use his legs. That's great. But you don't want to see it broken down because of a poor choice on an RPO. I still think that's something that he needs to work on. So with Trubisky's game, as a whole here is he someone that uh, could actually lead the Steelers to some sort of glory um some like back to the playoffs we know how good this AFC North division is kind of rounding out uh, should we just be expecting uh potential top 10 draft picks or is this a guy that can actually lead a team to the playoffs it's gonna be a little proof in the pudding now I think that if he gets into a good situation, obviously Mitch is going to come into camp and say all the right things. If he has a good camp, he becomes a starter. I think he has a really great opportunity to get off to a good start. We haven't seen the schedule yet, right? But I think he has an opportunity to get off to a great September start. And can he ride that confidence a little bit and create that sort of momentum? Look, the thing about Mitch is we can talk about inaccuracy and we can talk about all these other flaws, but we were winning games. And we were winning games by running the football, playing some defense, and then Mitch was just using his legs to sort of hit hit these little shots. And then, right, a game or two, we would hit a shot down the field or two. I'm really curious to see what happens between who he falls in love with, with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Because Deontay Johnson, I think the world of him as a player, him and Big Ben obviously had a great chemistry last year. Does Mitch create that same chemistry? Can that happen? Or does he opt for a Chase Claypool guy, which is more of a throw it in a spot and hope that a guy with a physicality can come down and get it? I'm curious to see that. I would not write off the playoffs at all for you guys. I mean, I you know I think you guys have the foundation and institution. Come on now, this is this is the home of Duck Hodges. We can win games with <laughs> Mitch Trubisky here. We can we can do this. And I honestly think, as great as we want to talk about Big Ben and his career, I think we all knew last year it was a frustrating watch, and it became a very much a one dimensional offense. You will have multiple dimensions that you can try and maximize with Mitchell Trubisky. I think that gives you guys a better shot. I think in terms of the division, I get it. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl, but we all know what Super Bowl hangovers are like. We all know what health and injury has to do. The Ravens don't scare me. The Browns are doing, I mean, they're they're breaking up with their quarterback right now, according to social media. I'm not so sure. So 
in division right now, I still think you guys have a great shot. I mean, a ceiling of can he win a playoff game? Let's play it out a little bit. But getting to 10 wins, I think you can do it with Mitch Trubisky. In Chicago, he was known for having some some real clutch moments, some game-winning drives, uh, things like that. To throw it into Steelers' terms, uh, for what you've been saying, like run the, run the ball, don't ask him to do too much. We had that situation. I mean, it's been a long time. But you go back to 2004 when we had a young Ben Roethlisberger. They really ran the ball and really just let him try to make plays and not be the offense, right? Now, not to compare Mitchell Trubisky to Ben Roethlisberger, but that style of an offense where you don't put the the load on him and you say, you know, can he be the guy that when they do stuff the run, when the other things do go bad, and it is third and 10, can he be a guy who who makes periodic big plays and can be that kind of a quarterback that we saw from, you know, a Ben Roethlisberger when he was fresh in the league. I definitely think he can at times. Now there's one caveat to that. And my caveat, which I would say is basically what I noticed from the Steelers. A lot of times was you guys got off to slow starts. You were down 10, three, 13 to three early in games. You're going to want to avoid that with Mitch Trubisky. Cause I think that's when you're going to see forced throws. And I think that's when probably not, he's at his best. So yeah, defensively keep the score low. You know, maybe a little be a little conservative and then try and take your shots. And and honestly, you know, it, it's funny. We what we loved about Trubisky and I think why we rode with him for as long as we did was that he had a resiliency. You know, you go back to some games where he went toe to toe against the Patriots and came one yard short in a regular season game with Tom Brady. You see in that Eagles game, he plays the offense terrible in the first half in the fourth quarter. Dude makes plays. And then finally, in that first game against the Lions back against the wall. He came up, I think he was down 10 or maybe it was 13 in the fourth quarter, came back to beat the Lions in week one. Of course, that very next week, you know, he missed a couple of receivers in the first half. He throws a pick in the second half and Nagy pulls the hook. So, you know, where was he? You know, he was already on the hot seat. We didn't even know it. So I think that resiliency is there. You just got to get this guy's confidence back a little bit because in 2019, I haven't even brought up that year yet because honestly, it's traumatic. The offense was so bad, it overwhelmed him. And I think he really did lose his confidence. And then that resiliency began to erode. And that's when we really started having questions. I want to transition here to the other Chicago Bear. Uh, The Steelers have uh, picked up this offseason. Probably my favorite acquisition from the team to date here, James Daniels. A road grader, um, someone who played center in college, uh, but mostly guard throughout his NFL days. Uh, Can you break down his game and kind of uh, talk about his potential? Of course, only being a 24-year-old offensive lineman at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And for Bears sake, I kind of hope it is a bit of a win-win, but James Daniels is very young. You got him on a great money deal. I think he will be, is he replacing Trey Turner? Is that what we're, is that what we're thinking right now? Or is he on the other side? We'll see. see. We don't know. (laughs) Okay, cool. But uh, young guard uh, needs to stay healthy, but of course that's with every NFL player. He's great at pulling. I think when you guys are going to work outside zone and when you're going to roll Mitch out, I think James Daniels is going to be right there for you. If you're asking yourself, why do the Bears let him go? Well, he became a free agent. He was going to be asking that kind of money. We just hired a general manager who is a former offensive lineman. He specifically said that he is looking to remake the philosophy on the offensive line, change body types, bring in people, send people out. So I don't know if it was so much to do with James Daniels' ability or lack thereof. I think he just had more to do with Ryan Poles trying to change things up and change the makeup of what his offensive line is going to look like. I think it's a great pickup for you guys. I think he can be a cog for that offensive line for a long time. And I know I listen to a lot of Chicago sports, you know, other podcasts other than my own. A lot of former players, especially center Olin Krutz, loved this guy. Thinks he can be a pro bull guard 
has to stay healthy. You know, he tore his pec one year. You know, is that a you know is that an injury that happens all the time? No, a little freakish. So I I think it's a great move for you guys. You've been trying to get younger, bolster that offensive line for a couple of years now. I think you kind of found it with James Daniels. How is James Daniels as a pass blocker? Is he a is he a strong pass blocker? Or is that a weaker area of his game? You know, I it's hard for me to say because I can't get quite into the nuts and bolts with it. We've had problems with our center position for a long time. And James Daniels was also formerly a center. We have this thing in Chicago where our interior linemen, we shuffle them around year to year. And I used to do a podcast with an offensive lineman, Cameron Lee, and he would say, you know, it is one thing to switch sides, but it is like going from your left hand to your right hand and vice versa, depending on what you're dependent on. They kept moving James Daniels around, and also they kept moving the center position around. So in terms of interior pressure, on that pass rush, I think he is solid. I can't really point to anything where I thought that he was an albatross. We draft tackles in the seventh round. So if I'm going to point the finger at us being poor at protecting Mitch or, or collapsing pocket, I'm going to point it at the tackles and the sliding door to, doors at center and probably not with Daniels. Now, what are the biggest strengths of Daniels' game? Like, is not offensive line? Is he a pure road grader? Is he best in space? Uh, does he struggle in pass at all? What are the strengths of his game? What are his weaknesses? Well, some of the strengths coming out was supposed to be a nastiness that I don't know ever quite showed up. But again, it's the athleticism for me. I mean, he's a really good pull guard. I think he's really smart. He's got a really solid foundation. I think technique-wise, I think that's what makes all the former Bears kind of really rave about him, is that there's potential that is untapped with him to this point. He's played well in stretches, but again, injuries have kept him off the field, and he just never became a cornerstone for us offensively. So when he came up for free agency, you know, they just made a choice. I mean, we just traded Khalil Mack, you know what I mean? So it's not like James Daniels, you know, we're going to shed a tear for him too either as well. So I think his best days are still to come. And I, I would look to see that athleticism. I'd look to see, you know, maybe some crackback stuff going on and get Najee Harris going and maybe get him the football with a little bit of space before he sees a guy right at the line of scrimmage, which unfortunately kind of happened way too often last year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, yeah. Would you <laughs> look, looking at both, both the acquisitions, uh, which one, if you were a Steeler fan, would you be more excited about James Daniels or Mitchell Trubisky? Ah, uh, great question. Um, if I'm thinking, so I have my own like little pet theories about, about the Steelers, you know, about what they're going to do a quarterback and how they move forward. I'm of the mindset of you just gave the best defensive player in the game. And I'm saying that over Aaron Donald to TJ Watt, and he's got a full boat of money and he is in his prime right now. So as much as I was, as everyone wants you guys to go out and take Pickett or, you know what I mean? And you should still do that. I don't think a rookie quarterback was the answer for you guys right now, because I think you guys are fully loaded and ready to roll with a running back and a rookie contract, offensive weapons. And, you know, TJ Watt on the other side of the ball with Minka and Deion, you know, and Devin Bush and all the other guys. So I'm going to go Daniels on this one, because I think in the next two to three years, I think he's going to be the guy that hopefully is playing for you on a cold January night. Can I say Mitch Trubisky is going to be your quarterback for that time? I'm not so sure. And, you know, look, I hope he proves me wrong. If Mitch Trubisky balls out, what a great story, right? And my marriage just got a lot stronger. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> for now, for now, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to say I think Daniel's long term for you guys is going to be one of those set it, forget it guys, hopefully on the offensive line. And that's going to reap more benefits than, you know, just the uncertainty of MT10 right now. 
Yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, the, I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, but for the Steelers and Daniels, we started this conversation. Uh, you kind of brought up, uh, would he be replacing Trey Turner or uh, perhaps uh, moving over to the left side? Where would he be most most successful? A left guard, center even, or, or right guard? Uh, we we featured him exclusively uh, on the left guard side. So what you'll kind of see is him pull blocking when we roll out to the right and we cut the field in half. That's where we had him most of the time. Um, you know, again, also, we didn't have great left tackle play. So maybe that gives another check mark towards James Daniels about the way that he played, trying to man down that left side as best as he possibly can. So I, I, I'm going to go left side, left guard for that right now. I think Trey was a right guard, right? So maybe we'll see what happens there. I think he can be interchangeable, though. I think he's athletic enough. He's young enough. And I think he can handle down either spot. And he can play center in a pinch, too, as well. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, our, our left guard, it was a right guard in college, and he played right guard for us in his first season. So who knows where yeah. they end up? Like, they could they could end up everywhere. And we have a – we signed a guy, uh, Mason Cole, who played guard and center. So uh, we have no who idea. knows where they all <laughs> sort out. So wait, real quick, does this, this exclude you guys – does this exclude you guys from drafting offensive linemen in the draft? Do you still think they dip in there? Or is this kind of more of a – maybe more of a fifth, sixth round thing. And in the front round, are we still thinking quarterback here? What are we, where are we going with this draft? I'm intrigued. Well, if, for offensive well, line, for me, my statement this entire offseason has been the Steelers never go into the draft with a glaring need, right? You have They're going to have someone they can live with as the starter. So I predicted from the out, outset, Michael Beck can back me up on this one, that because they have Kendrick Green and they don't want to give up on him, that they would bring in a lower level starting center who would yes. be like, okay, if we don't draft somebody, all right, we've got these two guys, whoever's the best wins the job. Uh, but it also doesn't preclude us, like if Tyler Linderbaum falls and he's the best player available at 20, you take a Tyler Linderbaum, you let those guys fight it out for backups on you know all three inside spots, and you and you roll with it. That's that's kind of how the Steelers go. And I so I do think the Steelers could go uh center in the draft but it would have to be like a situation where the other players you want are gone and tyler linderbaum sitting there at 20 Mm -hmm. to add on to that too i i think the steelers will still draft someone uh because of the release of zach banner i think they will look to add another tackle but i don't think that's happening within the first three rounds so i i do anticipate middle to back end of the draft that they will select an offensive lineman probably the tackle spot I think it's a great move. I mean, in my head right now, I love playing fantasy football, but Najee Harris, 70, 80 receptions next year, 1,600, 1,700 all-purpose yards. I mean, honestly, guys, like, and, and Mitch is going to be happy to facilitate those numbers. So getting that offensive line together takes the pressure off of a lot of stuff of what we're talking about today. No, exactly. Um, Jeffrey, do you, do you have any final closing questions for Joey before we let him on his way? Nope, I'm good. All right, Joey, before we let you go, we always like uh, letting our guests uh, plug uh, whatever they got going on for the people. So uh, how can people uh, follow you and uh, follow your work? Uh, First of all, Michael, Jeffrey, uh, thank you so much for having me back on. Uh, It was such a pleasure. And, you know, let's let's let the Mitch good times roll. So I just come back (laughs) and we can just talk about, you know, what is his ceiling? Really? MVP? Let's do it. I'm into it. Uh, You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy (laughs) and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I host two uh, podcasts for the Believe Sports Network, uh, Bet on Chicago, that covers mostly Chicago sports, do a little celebrity work, a lot of human interest pieces, and then Believe in Bears with former Chicago Bear defensive end, the Favre killer himself, Corey Wooten. Uh, We've got great episodes coming out every single week. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. Uh, Truly uh, got a lot of family members that follow the show daily, weekly, 
and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on. Oh, we appreciate your support and we appreciate you coming on as always. Joey, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Anytime, guys. See you around. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Joey helping us break down uh, the Steelers' newest uh, additions from the Chicago Bears. Now, Jeffrey Benedict, the Steelers also made a, a whole heck of a lot more moves than just that, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, the, the latest breaking news, well, it's not late breaking news anymore, but uh, within the hour, Steelers signed uh, Miles Jack. Uh, your initial thoughts on that? I know Jerry Dulac also reporting uh, that uh, that move is going to be followed up by Joe Schobert. Uh, getting the axe. So what do you think of the new linebacker in Pittsburgh? It's it's interesting to me. I when they were rumor when they were rumors coming around, I didn't believe it at all. Uh and partly because of Joe Schobert. And this is Jacksonville brought in Joe Schobert a couple of years back, made that big contract because they wanted him to be the Vince Williams to like Miles Jack, who's more of a Devin Bush type, more of a, you know, keep him clean. Let him run free. He'll tackle running backs outside. He'll take away outside zone stuff. He, he's great in coverage. That's Miles Jack, right? The Steelers brought in Joe Schobert after the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted rid of him because he wasn't the run stopper that they that they wanted to pair with Miles Jack. We brought him in. And what did we have trouble with? Stopping the run. Mm-hmm. We couldn't stop the run at all. And so the Steelers are now replacing Joe Schobert with the guy who was even less of a run stopper, right? The, I don't know where the Steelers are going with this. It doesn't make sense on the surface, except that if you are keeping Devin Bush and you're keeping Miles Jack, that is a really athletic linebacker duo, similar to, if you remember when, uh, before, before what's his name, LVE, over in Dallas, when they had the two young... Leighton Vanderish. Uh, yeah, Leighton Vander Esch and, and the other guy. I can't remember his name either. But Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. There you go. Someone with a memory. That's why they pair me with you. Your professionalism and all that. <laughs> but uh it, you know, you could have a linebacker group reminiscent of that if if nobody's blocking them. Right? You've got two guys that are going to be really good in coverage. Devin Bush struggled early in the year, but you saw as he got healthy. He had the tipped ball that Akella Witherspoon intercepted that started Witherspoon's great stretch. He had a couple more near interceptions, big plays, big pass breakups. As the season went on and he was getting healthier, was getting back into the flow of things, his coverage was back. Still can't defend the run if he does, if he's got people in his face, if you've got blockers on him. Miles Jack's the same dude. If you can keep both of these guys free of offensive linemen, great. That's fantastic. If you can't keep either of them free, they don't bring anything to the table. If an offensive lineman gets to either of these guys, they're done. They're out of the play. Uh, so I don't know what the Steelers, how they're playing on using them. Uh, Brian Flores brings an entire, you know, different dimension to this defense where you, you don't know where they're going with it. We don't know where they're doing with these people. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. I could see Miles Jack being used as a heavy blitzing role like, he used uh, Patrick Chung, who's a safety in New England. Miles, Jack, Devin Bush, they could fit that role. There's things that like he did that they could do. I'm very interested to see how it works out. How how Flores used middle linebackers was all over the place. You know, they were outside lined up like edge rushers. They were inside lined up like a nose tackle. They were back in coverage. They were blitzing from the slot. Like, they're everywhere. So, 
who knows what he's going to do here? Who knows how they're playing and using it? But it is from if you look at it from a conventional defense, if you look at it from a Keith Butler, Dick LeBeau defensive approach, it doesn't make sense. So we're going to have to see what Brian Flores has up his sleeves. Yeah, no, I do anticipate uh, something not necessarily big coming, but uh, I, I think this team has – they're cooking with something. Uh, there's a plan. This is the most aggressive yeah. free agency the Steelers have ever had. And technically, we are only about five hours into the new league year window. So uh, take that for what it is. And I, I really don't think the Steelers are done yet. I, I think there's a number of positions they still have to sign players at. So, yeah, for, for how crazy this uh, this offseason has been, it's it's not done. It is not done. And it, it's fun being uh, the, an aggressive team in free agency for once. Yeah. But Jeffrey, still on Miles Jack. Does he make this team better? Is he are the Steelers better now with Miles Jack than they were with Joe Schobert? Absolutely. Straight up, straight up. That's better. what I want to hear. Uh straight up just better. Like, I don't know how else to say. I he is potentially an improvement on Devin Bush. I think if Devin Bush gets back to his peak form, Devin Bush was better than Miles Jack, but not by a lot. That's very close. And so we don't know if Devin Bush is getting back there. So most likely, yeah. Miles Jack isn't just like good for this team. He's probably an upgrade on Devin Bush. Interesting uh, to see how that uh, could play out, especially Devin Bush. If he doesn't get that fifth year option, then maybe the Steelers are just straight back into that linebacking pool. Oh, imagine if they drafted someone with their first round pick at inside linebacker. Then, oh, what is going on now? <laughs> that can make things. Well, so, someone mentioned a guy like a Jordan Davis who is going to get knocked down because he is a big body. Like we talked in our Georgia podcast last week, he's that big body, but he's not really a pass rusher. Well, if you've got two guys like Miles Jack and Devin Bush, and your thing is we cannot let linemen get to this guy, you draft a guy like Davis, put him in there with Alu Alu to it and Hayward and be like, what? You're not getting anywhere close to these guys. You're not, you put any three of those guys you want out there. It doesn't matter. You're not getting close to our linebackers. So there's there's options. There's all kinds of directions they can go. It's going to be fun seeing how they do it. Absolutely will be. Now, the Steelers' front seven is basically set. I really don't anticipate any more signings on the defensive line, especially bringing back Montrevious Adams. Uh, I don't really see any inside linebacker ads as free agents, potentially a draft, but it, uh, until we get there, I, I just don't see them spending any more money there. But the secondary, if we're just going to talk about the defense for a while here, this is where things get interesting because they don't have a starting strong safety. And really, to me, they don't have uh, one of their outside corners. I, I, I don't think Sutton is one of those guys. I, I think the newly acquired uh, Levi Wallace um, is definitely a player to watch out on the outside. I'm totally cool with having his aggression out there. But the Steelers still need a corner. Uh, do you anticipate either Joe Hayden or Kella Witherspoon being one of those guys? Or could this be another spot they, they draft? This is, this, is, this is a crazy one to me because... They brought in Wallace. Wallace plays more like Hayden. He's more of a cover two corner, which is what Joe Hayden was. Joe Hayden was a really good cover two corner. Wallace is that same kind of player. He can do man. He can do he can do all kinds of things. He's like last uh, not I'd say like twenty twenty Joe Hayden level player, right? He's got weaknesses. He's got places you can exploit him, but he's gonna be solid. And to me, he's a guy that you just slide in on our left side of our defense where Joe Hayden played and you continue exactly as you've been doing business. You can do that with him. 
the Steelers defense, especially with Austin, has been built around the idea that you, if you have the safeties to, to that can take up massive amounts of space, if you have safeties that can cover massive amounts of space, you can get away with number two corners across the board. So to me, if you re-sign Edmonds or you know do something crazy like like bring in Honey Badger, you Tyrone Matthew, uh, you can go with the guys they have. Because I believe they, they re-signed Arthur Millette. You've got Trey Norwood. If you plug in Wallace where Hayden was and you have Sutton out there, you have your four main defensive backs covered. Right? And, and behind that, you have a James Pierre, you have Justin Lane. You, you're in the same boat you were last season. Didn't go bad last season. Even when Hayden was out, like there was very few games where it went bad. And that was normally that was mostly when James Pierre was starting and had to cover someone fast. That was where it went bad. So is are, are the Steelers going to make another move at cornerback? I'd love to see it. But they're in a position where I don't think they have to. If, if your number two safety alongside Minka is a Terrell Edmonds or a similar player who can cover massive amounts of space and can, cover, and can do you know virtually everything. Terrell Edmonds... You know, the jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, that's him. He can do literally anything you ask him to. Uh, he's just not going to do it at a Pro Bowl level. He's going to be solid, to you know, decent to solid. Now, you mentioned a couple names that make my ears ring here at that strong safety position, of course. Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew, and uh, Terrell Edmonds. To me, I feel like it's, it's one of those two guys. I genuinely feel like it's going to be one of those two that will be the strong safety of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, Tyron Matthew, he's up here. He is the gold standard, really, the last couple of years of strong safety play. He's just gotten better and better as he's been in the NFL, and especially uh, what he was able to do uh, for the Chiefs as they won their Super Bowl uh, leader in that locker room. Team MVP the Super Bowl year over Patrick Mahomes. That, that's saying something. But I wrote an article on uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, this morning, kind of uh, covering it a little bit. His market. He was originally, it was originally like, okay, the, the Chiefs are the obvious team. After that, it was like, all right, Baltimore, that makes a lot of sense. After that, oh, he could go home, go, go to New Orleans. Those three teams all added other strong safeties that aren't cheap. The Steelers still don't have the spot. And honestly, as the days go by, I feel like it's more likely that Tyron Matthews' uh, value slips a little bit and makes it more likely that the Steelers could swoop in and make that move. Who do you think is more likely between these two right now? Edmonds, Matthew? And if Tyron Matthews not a Pittsburgh Steeler, where the heck is he going to end up? That is a good question, man. Where does Tyron Matthew end up? Uh, man, that's that's a see. I I think I think what the Steelers are doing right is I, the reason Terrell Edmonds is sitting there is because they know Terrell Edmonds isn't going quick, right? And most likely. They have a number they know they will sign Edmonds to. This is my my theory is they know the number they'll sign Edmonds to. Edmonds knows the numbers that they will sign him to. But I think you're seeing Edmonds floating around seeing if he can get more. And I think you're seeing the Steelers looking around to see if they can get Matthew. And if they can get him, that's that's an upgrade. And your defense is going to be insane. Minka, like Minka Fitzpatrick and Tyrone Matthew would be insane to deal with. That is an incredible safety group, and they would work really well together because essentially Tyron Matthew is Terrell Edmonds with playmaking ability. 
right? He's got the speed. He can cover. He can cover in man. He can do all the things that Terrell Edmonds can do. He's a little bit shorter, but he also can make plays. Terrell Edmonds isn't a playmaker. Terrell Edmonds is just the guy. He's going to do the things Tyra Matthew does, but when, you know, Matthew would come away with an interception, Terrell Edmonds might get a hand on the ball or just might, you know, have a hand in the guy's face and make the pass harder. He's just not that kind of playmaker Tyra Matthew is. If you had Matthew, holy crap, this defense, a whole other level. Now you've got Minka can go, Minka and him can swap roles. They can go all over the place. You're not going to know who's doing what, and you're not going to be able to, to like, you know, check off of either of them. Like, right now you can kind of, for the Steelers, where's Minka throw the other way? That's what teams do. If it's Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew's that guy. In Kansas City where you're like, where is he? Don't throw the ball near him. Have you got two of them? Where are you going with that? And Miles Jack and Devin Bush in coverage, they can make plays. Like this, that defense would be insane. Would love to see it. Uh, I think the Steelers are making a play for Tyron Matthew. It just makes too much sense. He fits exactly what they want to do. And if he doesn't work out and he doesn't go here, then you bring back Edmonds. Yeah, it really does seem as simple as that. Snowman, I do see your super chat, but I I will get to that in a moment. I want to continue to talk about the, this this potential safety duo because to me it makes a ton of sense for all parties involved. Tyron Matthew, one of the things I, I think he tweeted was looking uh, for an organization that has a winning culture uh, and and just like a, a good defense. The Steelers' defense with Tyron Matthew, holy crap! And you want to talk about a winning culture? Talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers who haven't had a losing season since two thousand three or whatever the heck it was. Like, oh, it just makes sense. If the Steelers were to bring in Matthew, pair him with Mika Fitzpatrick, which just blows my mind just to even say, which is becoming increasingly increasingly more possible if they were to do that how like if you're gonna rank safety tandems of the last 10 20 like how far are we going back to to find a a safety duo that's as good as those two could be together like would they be better than Troy and Ryan Clark like Ryan Clark was was an absolute animal but he wasn't a a playmaker he he took guys heads off as a heavy hitter and a a big-time tackler and uh some people feared but uh, like, how good are we talking here? Because Tyron Matthew has all-pro potential. And guess what? Like, they, they both were first-team all-pro uh, in 2021. Or 2020, excuse me, 2020? Yeah. Both first-team all-pro? Has that ever happened before? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a time where you would have that kind of a safety tandem. Where, you know, I, I'd say you're going back to, to the days of Ed Reed or Troy where you know, the second guy doesn't have to be great. They just have to be good for that to be one of the best safety pairings of all time. Uh, But to have two guys both at that level, both at, you know, the level these guys are going to be at, where you're not just banking on one being a Hall of Famer and the other one being really good, where where both of these guys are first-team all-pro caliber players. Man, I I can't think of any. I can't think of any that go like that. And, And honestly... The problem with that kind of a secondary is, are they going to work together well? You know, Troy needed a very specific kind of player next to him. Ed Reed, you know, you're going to, you had a specific, he had his thing, you know, and you kind of needed to facilitate him doing his thing. Both of these guys are incredibly versatile. Both of them are not traditional players. Uh, and both of them want to do a lot of different things and show the intelligence to to be creative within, within that I, I, oof, this year, get, I'm getting excited, man. I'm getting really excited here about the potential of those two playing together. That's crazy. 
That's just crazy to me. Uh, it could be something else. Uh, hey, I think we can all really hope it comes to fruition. That would be the maybe the biggest signing the Steelers have ever made in free agency if they could well, somehow swing that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead before we do this. What? And also, I want to add, we kind of have. I think there's there's kind of a aura around this team. I don't know if other players around the league are seeing it, but I think it's there, and I think they're going to milk it. I think they're going to use it. Where you kind of have like the Brian Flores revenge campaign about to happen here, right? You have this guy who's going to be like, you know what? I should have been a head coach, and you're all going to suffer for it. And Mike Tomlin, who is going to play that up, you Mike Tomlin's fantastic at, at motivating people. He's going to play that up. If you get like a Tyrone Matthew when he didn't get the deal he wanted other places, and you've got TJ Watt, you got all these people coming in, you've got you know, Miles Jack getting freed from Jacksonville coming to Pittsburgh looking to tear it up. And you've got Brian Flores being like, let's go, boys. Let's go, like, wreck the league. This defense could be fine. Oh, it could be historic, which for a, a team that's probably being quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph, yeah, you probably want a defense that can hold a team to 10 points a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even if you have an elite defense, you still need to score some points. So we can get to the Super Chat from Snowman, he puts $5 in the tip jar. Thank you for that, Snowman. He says, how about the Steelers signing a wide receiver, even if it's one of our own free agents? Now, Jeffrey, I, I definitely I foresee the Steelers taking a receiver because currently the receiving depth chart is Claypool, Deontay, Anthony Miller, and that's it. So do, do you anticipate the Steelers signing someone? Uh, as the days pass, does Juju become more affordable? Uh, what happens with this receiver position? Hey, Anthony Miller's best seasons were with Mitchell Trubisky. It's all coming together. Um, and he, I'm kidding. Uh, I do think the Steelers bring in somebody, but it, it depends on how they see Chase Claypool, what kind of player they want to bring in. Hmm. Because to me, I've said before, I'm very vocal. I wanted Chase Claypool at the X. But if you're changing how that works, if you're going away from the Ben Roethlisberger offense, you're moving people around. That can change things. Maybe maybe Chase Claypool is your Z and you need a slot receiver. Or maybe you think, you know, we like Chase Claypool in the slot where he can do more slants, where he can do more of the other routes that he's really good at instead of just running him deep all the time. And, and you want to add someone outside of him that's like lightning quick and a, and a potential deep threat, which there's a ton of in this draft. There's a ton of deep guys in this draft. So – what, where where do they go? I, I don't really know. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster or James Washington make a lot of sense how the Steelers are currently built unless they're going to continue to want that big slot possession receiver for Mitchell Trubisky, in which case, yeah, Juju, bring him back. Uh, I I don't think – I think James Washington is honestly done. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, was, I expected him to fill in and take over for Juju Smith-Schuster last year and kind of step up into that role. And then Ben Roethlisberger wanted Juju Smith-Schuster back, and he got him. And James Washington had, like, his worst season I've ever seen him play. He, he was terrible. Uh, he wasn't even running routes well. Like, he, he played much worse. I think he got in his head something. He needs a fresh start. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, man, if, if he has no market anywhere, I could see him coming back. Otherwise, I think we draft somebody. Hey, I anticipate both those things happening. I see a free agent signing uh, wholeheartedly. I see that happening and a draft pick 
And as we sit here right now with the way the Steelers have been signing players, if they do sign uh, a strong safety, even if it's Terrell Edmonds, they're not drafting one of those in the first three rounds. Maybe a corner, maybe an interior defensive lineman. I can't see it being high, even though there's some talent available because of everyone coming back. Offensive lines increasingly unlikely. I could see the Steelers legitimately take a receiver or quarterback with their first round pick. I I could see it happening. I wouldn't be surprised as we sit here right now. I would. There's two guys. They got two guys and someone who's a uh, like a healthy scratch all year long. So I really do see one coming. Like it's hard to throw out free agent names or draft names because there is so many of both. But uh, as these days tick by. Our receiver's going to become more affordable. I think we're going to see Tyron Matthew, again, to go back to that, become more affordable and really get into the ballpark where the Steelers are players. Jeffrey Benedict, before we get to the end of our show, I, I, I need to ask you right right now, are the Steelers anywhere close to, to done signing players? Like they've, they've, they've done, I think, over $80 million of contracts already for outside free agents, I think it is. Just outside free agents. Are they done spending money, or, or is, this, uh, is this train going to keep rolling? They're all low cap hits, though. Yes, they they're are all low cap hits. I don't think the Steelers are done. I, I if they're going to go anywhere, I think it's another cornerback. I think you're going to see an outside linebacker. I think mm. you're going to see somebody brought in to be the third guy, uh, <laughs> because, and it could be an interesting one, because Brian Flores again inside guys. Uh, what was his name? Highsmith, uh, High Smith, in, in New England. Yeah, Hightower, thank High you. Highsmith is ours. Yeah, Hightower. He lined him up outside like an edge frequently. He lined him up at nose tackle with his hand in the dirt at the zero tech and stunted him outside all over the place. Kyle Van Noy played inside, outside, everywhere for Brian Flores. We're going to see this get crazy. We're going to see Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt move around. We're going to see, you know, Devin Bush and Miles Jack move around. We're going to see maybe a safety come up to the line of scrimmage looking like a like a defensive lineman and you're like what's going on there in this in those flat you know just seven guys straight across on the line of scrimmage and nickel package and dime packages and you're like what is this defense doing and that's exactly why he does that is you don't know what he's doing and then you see something crazy like Cameron Hayward drop into the flat in coverage while they send you know two safeties and a and an inside linebacker off the edge they are going to do some crazy stuff and I think you're going to see some players at it. And I can't even predict where they're going to go with it. Because, like, like I said, I, I don't Miles Jack, does he fit? Well, it like he's not a buck linebacker, you know, but does he fit? I don't know. I don't know how Brian Flores is going to use him. He could use him all over the place. Uh, what I, I will say, I don't think the Steelers are bringing in another quarterback this year because I think bringing in a rookie kind of ruins the the focus of this team being this year. Like this team has a feel of hey, this not just for the future, oh, yeah. but this year is something again. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see a quarterback. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I know you said it's hard to predict, but I, I hate to do this to you. I'm, I'm going to do this exercise as well, but what are the next three moves this team makes? Next three moves. The next three okay. moves. Okay. They already cut banner. They cut Schobert. If we're going past Schobert being released. I mean, yeah, technically, right? it's not official, it hasn't but happened. It, 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 it's going to happen. And okay. The will have more money even after Miles Okay. Ooh, Matthew or Edmonds. I'm going to go Edmonds. Mm. Steelers signed Edmonds. I'm going to go with a defensive lineman. 
They bring in a veteran defensive lineman and a uh, – and I'll go with a wide receiver. Okay. Okay. Uh, I uh, – the order of this will be wrong, inevitably. But since you went – I, I was going to go the other strong safety that, that you didn't go with. So I, yeah. I, I really want to see Tyron Matthew become a thing. Oh, I, I think that would be – Oh, bonkers. That's that's the move. If you're the Steelers, you, you, you try to get that one done. So Tyron Matthew, just, oh, just change that direction of your franchise real good, real quick. Next, I think you see another corner, one of, one of the two former Steelers. I don't know if it's Witherspoon, but if Hayden's market isn't there, I could see Joe Hayden coming back on like a one-year deal. I, I could totally see that. Hayden coming back. Man, that'd be fun. Hay- Hayden, part of that secondary as well. I know he's getting older, but still, yeah, that'd be fun. And a receiver. I, I would love to tell you that uh, Mitch Trubisky's amazing relationship with Allen Robinson would bring him to the Steel City, but I, I don't think yeah. Allen Robinson uh, enjoyed playing with Mitch Trubisky all that much. So I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to say that name, but I could see Juju coming back. So I, I think the next three moves are a combination of two re-signs for like considerably less money than anyone was expecting, like Juju making less money than he did this year in that COVID yeah. salary cap year. I, I could see that. Yep. Hay- Hayden coming in like around five million bucks or less. I could see that as well. And then Tyron Matthew, that's that's probably a multi-year deal that you try to limit his cap at as much as possible before, uh, and then a, a fewer dollars so you can give make a little bit more to, to keep him happy as well so how's that for being bold uh ladies and gentlemen so we'll i got see. i got a bold prediction for you here just Go to close it. it out go for just it close Let's it because you mentioned juju if juju smith schuster resigns with the steelers the offense they were running screwed him over i think matt canada will get a better one going i think without ben roethlisberger throwing him awful passes mm. and i mean really setting him up to get his head taken off i think we see juju smith schuster if he returns to the steelers lead this team in receptions Whoa, that's a hot take. It'd be interesting though. He's done it before yeah. with Antonio Brown on I'm, the team. I'm, I'm sorry, sure. yeah. but if he's healthy, he's better than Deontay. Well, you know what, Deontay does have some warts, which like it's hard to look past at times. But anyway, for that in fuego take, I think it's time to put out the fire extinguisher and put the show to a close. Jeffrey Benedict, what do you want to plug for the people before we say goodbye? I don't even know when my stuff's coming up. But I've got I've got film rooms coming out on players that are playing for the Steelers now. Uh, I've got one on uh, Wallace, uh, the cornerback, Levi Wallace. You got it. I, I got a name right. Heck yeah, Jeffrey. I just won the internet. Uh, watch out. And you know what? I'm going to plug someone else's work. Kevin Smith has some stuff coming out on Mitchell Trubisky and how he fits uh, Matt Canada's offense. He's also going to be coming out with stuff on the offensive linemen. Anything Kevin Smith does, keep your eye open for it and watch it on these new players. It's going to be good. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, uh, reminder, click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have a full free agent tracker. So all the moves available at uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. On top of that, you're going to get film room breakdowns of all these guys. Uh, You're going to get complete uh, diagnoses on all these signings, all the news as it comes down. Steelers have made a ton of moves already, and it's just blowing, I think, all Steeler fans' minds. I don't think any of us were expecting this team to do 
anything like this. I, I think we're hopeful that they wouldn't years past, but it, it's finally happening that they're players. This team's going to look a whole heck of a lot different, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, to, to plug my own work, I'll have an offensive line article out uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, looking at whether or not the Steelers have done enough already at their offensive line position. So before we say goodbye, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook right now, just know you're only getting about a third of the story. Uh, to get uh, our other podcasts, uh, you're going to want to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, I believe, wherever you got get your podcast from. Search behind the steel curtain. You can get Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. You can get My Live Mike, Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor, Dave Schofield's Stack Geek, and on and on the shows. There's so many shows. Uh, brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you're clicking over and, make, and getting the entire platform, the entire family of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcast. So for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. This has been The Curtain Call. The Steelers are going bonkers right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fun time. And you know what? We'll break more of this down next week. So we'll see you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.